Hello, hello, hi! Welcome to An Absolute Gag. It's a podcast where I like to talk to people about the moments or performances that left them speechless. I'm Tommy Bullington, and there are still fireworks being shot. <laughs> people are still fireworksing. And July 4th is over, and we're done celebrating or pretending to celebrate. <laughs> This country, because some of us, the only America that we celebrate in this house is America Ferrara, okay? That's the only one, the only one in my book. Hello, sisterhood of traveling pants. (laughs) I wish I had a sisterhood of traveling pants. My pants don't travel anywhere. Oh, it's so good to have you all back, and I'm so excited for today's episode. Oh my goodness. Oh, you have been waiting for tonight, this podcast. (laughs) Woo, she's rusty. But no, I'm so excited for you all to listen to today's podcast, because uh, boy, oh boy, is it a good one, and also... It was the one, one of those that I was just like, I asked my guests and they responded with this. And I was like, well, of course, (laughs) I could have told them, but I appreciated that they fine tuned the gag a little bit. But my guest today, he's just, oh my goodness. I, I say it in the interview, but it's so true. I am robbing you all of seeing him. Because the most dashing, handsome man you have ever seen in your life, he is an actor. You can see him on Chicago Med. Oh, yes. He is a member of the Dick wolf verse. <laughs> is Dick Wolf a person? I don't think they're a person anymore. I think it's a, it's like a collective. I think. Oh, well. He's making that Chicago mad money, honey. And he's an incredible stage actor. Uh, if you get the chance to see him in any of the shows in the Chicagoland area, I've had the pleasure of working with him on the stage. And by that, I mean, I was an understudy and I watched him act. <laughs> But it was a pleasure. My guest today is the handsome, the wonderful, the talented, the beautiful Patrick Burns. And his gag, his gag's great. His gag's great. And nobody's going to be surprised. If you know Patrick, you are not going to be surprised. But before we get to that, let's go ahead and talk about our charity focus of the week. Our charity focus of the week brought to us by Patrick is Latinos Progresando. And I could not have sounded whiter. (laughs) I I disturbed Armand with my pronunciation of that. Yeah, I know. It wasn't very good. But listen, we're going to go on with it because they're a fantastic organization and I can't wait to shout them out. So Latinos Progresando... What they do is their mission is to deliver high-quality information and resources for people to build secure, healthy, and productive lives. This organization was built from the ground up 
up by uh, Luis Gutierrez, who is a native of the Little Village uh, area here in Chicago. And uh, even after 20 years, the vision continues to be shaped and led by people in our community. So basically, it's a resource for any Latinos in the city to uh, come to for assistance, for um, resources, anything that they need. So they've got areas that are focused within community, culture, immigration. They offer immigration legal services. They are so incredible, and they offer so much to the community. So this is an incredible, incredible organization. And I'm super glad that Patrick brought it to our attention. And wow, I mean, I didn't know that this existed. And I'm so uh, blown away by the amount of things that they do uh, for the community. So um, definitely a great, great organization to shout out. And if you want to learn more about them, you can go to latinospro.org. Again, that's latinospro.org. And there's a big old donate button right up the top of your page. So uh, again, Latinos Progresando here based in Chicago Amazing, amazing organization. And thank you so much to Patrick for bringing it to our attention. And that is our charity focus of the week. Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, it is the gloomiest day. I'm recording this, uh, this intro on Sunday, July 11th. And, um, it could not be more disgusting outside. And due to that, I don't want to do a goddamn thing. <laughs> I'm I'm still in my pajamas. It is 5 p.m. I'm still in my pajamas. This is a this was a waste of a Sunday. Besides this, this is not a waste. I I got the energy to do this. I mean, this is <laughs> this is cake for me <laughs> talking to nobody but my microphone, pretending that my listeners are in front of me. <laughs> Oh, I just, I can't wait to talk more about this topic. I just can't wait. However, real quick, I need to point out a gag that happened this week. (laughs) I need to tell, I need to tell people about this. I need to talk about this. This season of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills has been chef kiss perfection. And it's because of one person and one person only. Kathy Hilton. Yes, the mother of Nikki and Paris Hilton. Kathy Hilton is um is is truly a prophet. I think is prophet. I think prophet's the right word for her. Uh she's incredible. <laughs> and every time, every episode, she does something, and I'm like, oh, that was the best Kathy moment. And then she tops herself every other episode. I mean, she tops herself. <laughs> she tops herself every episode, and it's amazing. But the top, the top... <laughs> Why do I keep on saying top? Jesus Christ, what's wrong with me? Uh, the best moment... <laughs> the best moment happened this last episode. Uh, there's this 
this central argument between two women, Sutton Strachey and Crystal Minkoff. Crystal Minkoff is the wife of Rob Minkoff, who directed one of my all-time favorite films ever, 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 The Lion King. Hello. Uh, So she's got that Lion King Disney money. Uh, Wow. But no, so Crystal and Sutton are arguing about a fight that has happened over the last, you know, season, this whole season. And Sutton is this like Southern, uh, Southern bale, if you will, talks like Blanche Devereaux all the time. Uh, she is crying at a bar. Uh, they are at Lisa Rinna's house having a party and she's crying at a bar and she's like wiping away tears and everybody, all the other women are like, Sutton, what's wrong? What's wrong? Come on. Why are you crying? And she says, Y'all, I just can't, I can't sit across the table from a woman who clearly hates me. And I just can't, I can't keep pretending. I can't be fake and pretend that everything is hunky-dory. And then Kathy Hilton, with true sincerity, goes, Who's hunky-dory? Who is hunky-dory? Who is hunky-dory? She asked. Now, two things happened. I laughed, and then I had a creepy image of, like, the fish dory from Finding Nemo on top of, like, a beefcake body. Like, on top of a body <laughs> Who is Hunky Dory? She thought it was a nickname. She says in her confessional, she's like, well, I, I, is it a nickname? Who is it? And I can't believe that um, that exists. That's a person who is walking the face of the planet and who also has a ton of money. Oh, Jesus. Why did, why do we go to school? <laughs> we're told, we're told that it's going to help make us make money. And that never, I'm, I've gone to so many schools and I make, <laughs> I make some money. I, I'm, you know, I can afford rent, but, no, I'm not making Kathy Hilton money. But Kathy Hilton isn't making Kathy Hilton money. Her husband is making Kathy Hilton money. The name Hilton is making Kathy Hilton money. Anyway, who is Hunky Dory? Who is Hunky Dory? Just, uh, who is Hunky Dory? Okay, that's all I'm going to leave you with. That was a gag. It was a gag. I gagged. I haven't stopped thinking about it all week. It has been. (laughs) Who is hunky dory? Okay. Enough, 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 enough. That's not even our topic. We got to go on. We got to move on because this is a long one too. Uh, We couldn't stop talking. You get the two of us together, me and Patrick, and we just start yammering away. Uh, But I'm so excited for you all to listen and to hear this. So let's toss it over to my interview with Patrick Burns and his absolute yeah, waiting for tonight. Wow. <laughs> Welcome back to the pod. This is episode 32 and woo, woo, 
Oh, my guest today. It's truly a crime to all of my listeners that you can only hear him and you cannot see him. He is an actor that you have seen on the stages in the Chicagoland area, but you might have seen him most recently on Chicago Mad on NBC. That's right. She's in the Dick Wolf Chicago verse hunty. Please welcome to the pod, Patrick Burns. Lime in my fur, Tommy. <laughs> hello. Any day I will. Are you kidding me? Hello, hello, hello. Hello. How are you with everything I'm, considered? I'm so great, even with everything considered. I have a lot to be grateful for. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to talk about this. I think I've waited, I think I've waited my whole life to be on this podcast and talk this, about this specific subject. This is <laughs> one of the easiest gag selections I think anybody has ever had. <laughs> like it's just Oh yeah, check so the timestamps on the email. I think it's like 30 seconds. <laughs> You said, said, I know exactly what it is. And here's the thing. I knew exactly what it was. Uh So it is perfect. But but how's life? What are you doing? What's going on? Life is great. I've got a a little bit of an interim. I just, uh, gosh, in the middle of pandemic, and I'm really, really grateful for this. I just played Tata in Ragtime in the middle of a pandemic. We did like a staged, a filmed a filmed stage production of Ragtime that just sort of fell into my lap around Christmas time, which so was cool. such a gift. And then in the middle of the pandemic, I got on TV, which was a lifelong, lifelong dream of mine, playing Psych Tech Gym on Chicago Med. So it's been uh, it's been a crazy, wonderful couple of months. And now I'm uh, getting married in a few months. Getting married in October. Oh. I'm so happy. I'm so happy, too. Um, We are. I've been auditing my guest list. Not cutting people, but, like, like, checking the addresses and doing the stuff. Maybe maybe a person got cut through a breakup here and there. But, you know, we've been... It feels like we've been engaged for four years. Truly. Almost we have. Because we got engaged in, like, summer of 2019. And then we planned for a wedding that was fall of 2020, which I think is kind of a long engagement anyway. Yeah. And then we pushed it back uh, when 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 Corona came to town. <laughs> when and we liked the-, the weekend, so we kept the weekend. So we pushed it back a year. So we have had the a long engagement. I well, I think it's. Listen, I love a long engagement. Yeah. But also with you two, you and your lovely fiance, yeah. Danny. Uh, you two, it almost feels like you've always been engaged. Like, yeah. When you got together, even. Yeah. Just, like, in your relationship, it was like, yeah. oh, they're, like, they're coupled. <laughs> they're, like, married. Yeah. Yeah, we did that. We did that whole thing. We kept, I feel, when people ask us, like, what our story is, it always ends with, like, and then we just keep waiting for it to get awkward. And it just hasn't so we put a ring on it (laughs) that is so perfect oh my god one day one day i just grab like a whiskey and start (laughs) so do we so (laughs) but that is so exciting wedding planning how is that going post all of this like is it easier now or what's going on um it's going good it's actually kind of 
I don't want to say remarkably easy, but like <laughs> we have truly had the most luxury luxurious amount of time. I mean, it was a pretty big blow to have to like push your wedding back a year, but as many things have happened in my life, I'm like, well, now it doesn't really matter what happens. Like <laughs> we just know that like it's just about like, you know, getting in front of some people and saying this is who I choose and you know, who cares about the little details and stuff like that? And that being said, we've been planning these little details for like two years now. So I bet they'll be fine. And at the end of the day, it's just a party, you know, yes. it's just a party to. Yeah. And that's, that's what it should be. Yeah. It should be silly and fun and just beautiful all yeah. at once. Yeah. So it's been good. It's been good. good. We have great vendors. We have a really cool place. You'll be there, God willing. You're on the guest list, and it's gonna be—it's gonna be cute, and it's, it's gonna, gonna be nice be and so fun, nice Are and folly autumny, nice and pumpkin spice latte. Oh my God! Enough said. Anything in the fall is my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, <laughs> like, been, like, people are like, people are like, what are your colors? And we're like, practical magic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, specifically the color of Nicole Kidman's hair. <laughs> specifically Nicole Kidman's hairs and hair and uh, Sandra Bullock's clunky shoes. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> those are our those, that's our aesthetic. <laughs> Sandy Bullock clunky shoe. Oh, yeah, okay, got it. <laughs> In fact, you actually we've been trying to come up with a creative way to say what our attire is for the event, and I think Sandra Bullock's clunky shoes is a finalist. <laughs> Here's the thing, knowing your guest list, everybody will get it. <laughs> like oh, yeah. everybody will be like, oh yeah, oh, no, yeah. No, 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 yeah, I get it. Well, that. there was a minute for a while we were going with non-equity Jeff Awards, and I was like, mm, that's still a little niche, and maybe might raise a few eyebrows for those that it is not niche for. So No, that just means the day of I'll I'll drive yeah. somewhere and find the outfit. <laughs> I, I P.S. I love this conversation. Danny has suggested I talk about three things revolving him, and I'm like, don't center yourself around my podcast. And lo and behold, we've spent the first 20 minutes talking about our wedding. <laughs> He'll love this. He's gonna be so excited. <laughs> Like, I told you so. <laughs> Patrick, I have a very important question for you. Yes, Tom. <laughs> what is your absolute gag? I'm so glad you asked me this. I've waited over 20 years to answer this question. About 2019 in particular. My absolute gag is Jennifer Lopez... <laughs> From Hustlers to Super Bowl, her 2019. Oh, this here. This is Dorothy. Wasn't she the cutest? Who could leave that baby? You know, we used to say, if only we had known each other back then, you know? Maybe we could have looked out for one another. Maybe our lives would have been different. You know? Or maybe it would have just been the same. Who knows? But I like to keep her with me. Oh! 
this is so good. I was, okay, so you, when when I asked you, I was like, I know what it's going to be, but mm. I'm wondering what aspect, because yeah. you could go with so many of her things and so oh, many yeah. of her moments, but I do think that we witnessed like a real uh, change in her career, like a new chapter just kind of yes. evolved. And yes. so, like, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> and like, I feel like, I feel like I should give a little background. Like Please. I, I, I have been, I have been a J lover, which <laughs> is, uh, I, 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 you know, like Jennifer Lopez fans, they, I, I wouldn't say that they have like a nickname, like Swifties or oh. like Mariah Carey has her lambs. Lambs, the lamely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's Beyonce's? Beyonce's is the beehive. The beehive, uh-huh. It's not quite like that, because being a Jay lover <laughs> is a very particular experience to walk through life. <laughs> but I have been a I have been a diehard, diehard fan since about Y2K. Like right what right 1999 oh since God. her first album came out. So, you know, and it developed into like an obsession, I would say. Yeah. I think it's safe to say, because I I can type Jennifer Lopez faster than I can type my own name. <laughs> and I feel like I feel like that's like obsession level. Like, do you remember um MTV used to do that show Fanatic? Oh, it, yes. And I wanted to be on it so bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wish they would reboot it, but the problem is is like I don't really have like a ton of posters on my wall or stuff like that. Yeah. But like I have developed like an encyclopedic knowledge of the career. Of Jennifer Lopez, but so to to and it's been a lot of ups and downs, right? Sure. You know, but it's been it's been pretty consistent. Yeah, like uh, like there have only been a few years here and there there that maybe like Jennifer Lopez was not like a top fifty twenty five Google search, right? Um, but everybody, but all like celebrities kind of have that. I mean, it all comes in waves. I mean, nobody's like a huge fan of Beyonce in the Pink Panther movie. Right. Right, 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 right. right. (laughs) That's where she really slayed. (laughs) Yeah. But, but it has been rewarding in that, like, there are, there are a lot of like Y2K stars, particularly Y2K pop stars, as we're seeing with Girls 5 Eva, (laughs) that, you know, burnt hot and fast and you know are now like oh yeah that person that group and that is not jennifer lopez no that being said 2019 started real promising and just kept getting better and better and better and i just remember her getting and it okay here here we are 10 minutes later me answering your question which was like what was the moment that made you gag and it was opening weekend of hustlers and watching her come onto the screen, mm-hmm. do that pole dance uh-huh. in that specific way, in this pers- specific time period when we're having the conversations that we're having, <laughs> that then led to, like, award season Jennifer Lopez, which is something I've fantasized about <laughs> as an actor since Y2K, and it has not happened. <laughs> and it happened... Yes. That then led to, unfortunately, the snub heard round the world, the <sighs> failure to land a Best Supporting Actress nominee. That's so bad. Followed not only by, not only by the Super Bowl, which 
I might be wrong about this statistic. I just did some basic Google searching and YouTubing. Seems to be the most watched Super Bowl performance on YouTube ever. Yes. Yeah. And then followed by, dare I say this, I might ask you to edit this out <laughs> as an award season gay, but the fall in relevance of the Academy Awards themselves. Yes. No, you're so right. Jennifer said, you know what? I'm I'm taking culture with me. I, Academy. I think it's just like that was that is such a key moment in the change of how people look at the Academy anymore. Yeah. Because truly everything was behind her at least getting a nomination. We weren't even like, please let her win. Like, I mean, yeah. it would be incredible. But, like, people were like, I just want to see J-Lo at the Oscars. Like, yeah. when is that? Like, when are we going to get that, like, wonderful moment of somebody who's, like, so mainstream? Because that's yeah. the thing about J-Lo is that while, like, her quote-unquote, like, work, like, kind of comes in and out, yeah, you always are aware of J-Lo. And you always know what Jennifer Lopez is doing or where she is. You know, she's always there because she's like a celebrity, like at such a level of celebrity. And over the past 20 years is so often utilized at the Academy Awards for her glamour and for her fashion, Uh which is a whole other subject that maybe after a (laughs) glass of wine I'll get into. But then to, to flip that to like, Hey, we might invite you this year as a nominee. Yes. And it just brings up this whole wider scope of Jennifer Lopez being invited into the Hollywood elite mm-hmm. and the points in her career that she has seemingly chased that. Yeah. And the point that she's at her career now where it seems like she's kind of interested yeah. if that door should be open, but has definitely subverted and gone over that invitation and is not in need of that in, that invitation at all which is cool yeah like she is just cool as a fan it's so exciting and she also the thing about her and that year and that whole situation is yeah. it also was such a clear moment of yeah such a conservatism about like how they addressed that role that character yeah. that movie because yeah. Unless she's, you know, like, you can play a stripper and get, or a dancer or anything and get an mm-hmm. award nomination, but you have to be in a terrible yeah. relationship. You have to be... Yeah. it's an age-old trope. Yeah. yeah. You have to yeah. be, like, strung out on every drug. You have, you have to, to suffer. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah, this woman was, like, the character she plays is so smart and so... Yeah brilliant at the planning and everything mm-hmm. and ultimately all ultimately all she wants is sisterhood and friendship and her family and that to old white academy voters was just like i don't get this you know and oh you're yeah like oh shut oh, yeah. up <laughs> and you know you know i read like all the interviews oh, sure. of old white academy of uh academy voters uh-huh um but you're you're so right. Like, and even let's like getting back to like hustlers itself <laughs> and the actual gag of like, gosh, the first twenty five minutes of that movie uh-huh. is just an assault of celebration of Jennifer Lopez. Yes, and it came and like, you know, in this time that we're all like 
why this, why now? Yeah. You know, with, with theater and movies and everything. It's such an interesting time, uh, such a great time where I think the conversation is widening about sex work. Yes. Uh, it is no longer like a taboo subject mm-hmm. um, about slut shaming yep. and how we do that to women, about um, uh, f- women women at the center of stories and not just being invited into men's stories. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. for those of you that don't know the Bechdel test, this <laughs> This movie fails the opposite Bechdel test. <laughs> there is not a... Fr- okay, for, it's the, for those of you that don't it's know... It's the Van Damme test, right? It's based on the yeah. shot <laughs> no, Well, I mean, it's... <laughs> it's So uh, the Bechdel test is what? It's... it's it, there, it, can't, it fails if there are not two women Speak, speaking to each other. other and not which, about a male. So many movies oh, fail. Fail. So many movies fail. And you wouldn't believe it. You were like, it takes you a second to be like, oh my God, that's and, right. And not about a man. Yeah. And this movie fails the opposite yeah. in that there is never a shot where two men are speaking to each other. In fact, there's only one shot where there are two men speaking in the same scene, which is like the two, like, uh, Chicago cop, uh, yeah. not Chicago, uh, New York cops. Yeah. Uh, that Julia Stiles is interviewing. They never, so men never speak to each other and rarely speak at all in this movie. It's so good. <laughs> I just, and I got to give like a shout out to Lorene Scafaria, who like in the first, in the first shot of the film, before you even get to Jennifer Lopez is like, and now the camera follows the strippers onto the stage, mm-hmm. which is something I had never seen before because you're always looking up at a stripper from a man's perspective. Yes. Uh, it's and it's, it's eye level with the entire stage, and you yeah. see them. And um, it's a lot like there's it. It does share a lot of qualities with uh, another film that's been talked about on the podcast, which is Magic Mike XXL. And yes. in that, there's a way that they are celebrating the body of a yes. human that mm-hmm. does not feel like gratuitous. It's not like, yeah. it just feels like you're just like, Oh my God, what beautiful you, humans. You, know? you feel like you're watching a stunt. Yes. I, you know, as, as gratuitous from the outside that this movie may seem, you know, there is nudity in this film. Like sure. it doesn't shy away from that at all. Um, it it is filmed like stunts. Yeah. Like you are watching these women in a wow way. Yeah. And not, you know, a gratuitous way. One one of the best moments and one of the best choices of the entire film is when she's teaching Constance all those moves and they play that classical music underneath and you're like Chopin. Oh, it's dance. It's just yeah. dance. Like it's a ballet. We just think that because it's without a certain amount of clothing yeah. that it's deemed un, you know, like disgusting. Sex is bad. Sex is sex is impure. Sex is um, something to be ashamed of. Sex is something women should not enjoy or be in control of. It is something they give away Mm -hmm. to men. Goodbye, all that. Now I'm going to teach you how to make a living off of this. How to uh, monetize this. That was so cool! (laughs) And the fun fact, that's Chopin in the background. The classical music, all of the classical music that you hear throughout Hustlers 
is Chopin, which Lorene Scafaria picked because it is apparently the hardest to play if you're a pianist. Oh, sure. And so she wanted to double that with every time these women are dancing because uh, it is so hard. I love it that. It is so hard to pole dance. Yeah, it is an ath- It is. It is like an Olympian athletic endeavor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could just like dabble in it and swing around a little bit. But the majority of these women, and particularly the ones that are highlighted in this film, are athletic yes. Olympian <laughs> dancers. Yes. I. Um, for those who don't know, can you inform the listeners, how old was J-Lo when she filmed Hustlers? Jennifer Lopez was... <laughs> Two to four months shy of her 50th birthday. So, 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 this gets into, wow, 50 years old. So she, she and Sally O'Malley are, are sisters, are twin sisters in this film. Basically. (laughs) Um, She was a couple months shy of her 50th birthday. And then to celebrate her 50th birthday, did a tour over the summer. Mm-hmm. And then Hustlers came out. So those that don't know, like it, 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 it takes a year after you're done shooting a movie to do all the post and the editing and the marketing and stuff mm-hmm. to get a movie out. This movie, I think, wrapped on May 1 or May 10 or something like that, and then released September 13th because STX, as the movie started coming together, because like when you make a movie, you try to, and you know, especially if you're going to do something like try to get a celebrity in the movie yeah. to get other people interested. Yeah. Once it was like, oh, cool, Jennifer Lopez. Ooh, Constance Wu, right off of Crazy Witch Asians, yeah. is really interested in yeah. this. Oh, wow. Uh, Lily Reinhardt from uh, <laughs> the Riverdale. Uh, well, we, we just got the whole teenage and uh, Zennial demographic. Yeah. Uh, Cardi B. B? <laughs> oh, my God. Cardi B's going to be in this movie. And like, I think STX was like, yes, yes, now, please put it out now. Yes, do it done now. now. <laughs> we need to make this money now. And then they did. And not, um, not only, like, truly, the thought of rushing a film gives me palpitations right now because there's yeah. so many, so many bad examples of when that happened, when yeah. the production was like, get it out now, get it out now. I think of like the all female uh, Ghostbusters. Like, yeah. That was totally the company, the studio being like, get it out now. I don't care. And instead of letting it kind of marinate, but yeah. that's how perfect this script already was. Yeah. How perfect the direction was. Like it's a, it's lightning in a bottle. Yeah, this movie. It really like, is. It, 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 it just seemed to come together. Everybody put their, I'm not going to say everybody put their faith behind it because. True. STX put their faith behind it because they had already had like a pre-existing cool relationship with Jennifer Lopez. Mm-hmm. But the people that Lorene, who wrote and directed it, Lorene Scafaria wrote and directed it, shopped it around to, uh, did not because she brought it to a bunch of men, white male, <laughs> white male men. <Yeah. laughs> she brought it to a bunch of studio execs who were like, so why would anybody want to watch a movie about a bunch of strippers drugging men? Yeah. And their response was like, I don't know, why is half of the AFI top 100 film list about that when men do it to other people? The reversal, right? Yeah. And also, like, there definitely was also, this This sounds ridiculous, but it's true. I fully believe this. Stripper movies, movies about strippers, have such a bad taste 
in Hollywood because yes. of striptease and showgirls completely yes. destroying the the double feature of the <sighs> of the millennium. Yes, ex- <laughs> my perfect double yeah. feature. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the, oh like, yeah. I just so you immediately you're saying, well, there you know, there's these dancers, there's strippers, mm-hmm. and then immediately people are taken out because they can't help but think about those movies. And that was yeah. pre a pre showgirls becoming the camp classic that it is yeah. now and all this yeah. stuff. So it I So sure, yeah. so sure. Yeah. I mean, it's also it's also a really interesting time for Jennifer Lopez to choose this movie? Yes. This is for sure. And it, she did choose it. Like, you know, they brought it to her. Apparently this part was written with her in mind and they like pitched it to her and they had, um, they call them sizzle reels mm-hmm. where they like basically like put a concept together with a bunch of clips and art from other stuff to be like, this is the vibe we're going for. Yeah. I feel like as, as recent as like four years ago and prior this wouldn't have been something she would have kind of touched with a 10-foot pole. Nope. A, because these conversations about sex work and about slut-shaming were not happening. Mm-hmm. And as sexy as Jennifer's vibe tends to be, especially with music, it's really sort of not with film. Yeah. And it's very controlled. Yes. And that was what, sh- what was so exciting about this movie is that I felt like her image was has been so controlled for ever yeah and uh very much around the idea of like will people like me will Mm -hmm. this tarnish my brand is this going to cut off like a certain demographic of my fan base am i going to alienate anybody we need to like make sure that we're like you know like marketing to the right people and then for her to be like f that this woman owns what she does. Uh-huh. She runs what she does. She does not suffer. No. Throughout like the entire film. No. She does not suffer. And 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 that goes back to like, man, like Academy Award Jennifer Lopez is something I've been like excited about for a long time. Uh I could see, especially in like the 2000s and the late 2000s and the post-Geely, if not the Geely era. <laughs> That's something she chased. That's something yes. that I think she she wanted. Well, I do think that's she wanted that validation and yeah. she was definitely deserving of it and and just couldn't quite get it. And this, I do not sense her trying to get any awards no. from this film. And that's what makes it work so well, is there's no desperation. It is And she is also uh uh she's also relinquishing the narrative to Constance Wu. Yeah. Which is also not something that uh, happens in a lot of, since she became like J-Lo in the early 2000s, most of the times when you see a Jennifer Lopez movie, you're following her narrative. You're following like, this is an event about Jennifer Lopez. This is part of the brand of Jennifer Lopez. And And I feel like this is just such an embrace of that. And a relinquishing of that at the same time. It's, it's so exciting. It was so, I don't know. I just, she did the right thing, which is you choose this solid, like, supporting role. Like, basically co-lead, if you will. But, like. Yeah. But. Yeah, this is a two-hander, Yeah, I would say. totally. But just let your presence and the fact that you're fucking Jennifer Lopez carry and you don't need the top you don't need the top billing you don't need 
the lead. Like yeah. you are just your name alone, your presence, your essence is yeah. enough. And that's what I loved about it. Right. Yeah. It's truly like, um, Oh, what was I going to say? Um, the most comfortable on screen that I've ever seen her. I agree. Cause she's a, she's a calculated actress. Yes. Uh, I, I, I think I've seen her movies like probably about 600 times now and it's calculated. She does the work. Uh-huh. She does the prep, but it is very calculated. And this is just like one of the first times and even the romantic comedy that she did in uh 2018, second act. Yes. Yeah. There seems to be like a new ease to Jennifer about like I know what I'm doing. You know, I don't need people to like me in this film. No. I don't need people. I don't need to prove anything to anyone. I love what I do, and I'm good at what I do. Like there, <laughs> yeah. It's like the result of really good therapy yeah. that I think she went through. No, seriously, like, I'm worthy of this. I, this is my job. This is what I love to do. I don't care if I do it wrong. And she does it so right. I um, you know, it's actually my favorite thing that J Lo does is. Whenever she hosts Saturday Night Live, she is so fucking good. And here's why. It's not that she's like a comedian superstar. She is so fucking committed and is such a pro that like she gives 110% in everything she does. I watch every now and then. I will go back and watch from when I don't know if she it was when she first hosted, but the sketch with the character Mango, where it was Mango and JLo. Just watched it last week. <laughs> it my friend named so my friend good. named their dog Mango, and I was like, Oh, like Mango? And she was like, What? And I was like, Hold on, let me show you Mango. No, that is the Mango. <laughs> it's also one of the longest sketches I've ever seen. And she has so much in it. And there's never once that you see her doing that like cue card thing where she's like looking towards the cue cards. She is in that scene committed a thousand percent. And yeah. she is so good. She's also incredible in the sketch of um, uh, Tina Tina Chanus, the character that Jenny Slate did. Hello. Hello. I am your car. <laughs> and JLo totally adapted to that character. I went 110% into it. She's just so good on that show, whatever she she's on. She is so good. She did that. You know what? Um, the Beep Beep, I Am Your Car. Yeah. Then kind of got repurposed into the sketch that she did most recently when she appeared in 2019. Yes. With Melissa Villasenor. <laughs> which was uh, the hoops. Yes, Give the hoops. hoops. Oh my god, that was so funny, and they—you could tell that they were having a blast. And yeah. also, like, come on, two Latinas by themselves yes. doing a sketch on <laughs> on SNL. Yes, it's so yes. good. Also, more more of that, please. Yeah, more, please. There, um, she apparently walked in. According to Bowen Yang, she walked in with a oh. whole suitcase dedicated to her hair. Oh yeah, how fucking great is that? Yeah. And, yeah, and it's, it's it's a thing. It's a thing. It's intense. Yeah. And he was like, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. And he was like, she also yeah. was the kindest person and just like yeah. 
the coolest in the room and would yeah. pitch these ideas and stuff and really go so with prepared. anything. Yes. Prepared and collaborative. <sighs> and I'm so glad that you brought up the mango sketch. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was that was 2001. Yeah. When the narrative, the flop narrative that Matt Rogers calls, <laughs> the flap, the flop narrative surrounding Jennifer was that she was a diva. Yeah. And difficult to work with mm-hmm. and demanding and her preparedness and her professionalism was not enduring or part of it at all. No. But yet it's, it was there. Yeah. She, and it was there all along. Yeah. It was there all along. Like, um, oh man, I don't want to get too far away from us now, but (laughs) as I flip pages in my, my mental encyclopedia of gosh, following this woman for so long, I go back to like right after Gili, uh, Kevin Smith, you know, like Jay and Silent Bob site back, Kevin Smith. Jersey girl. Did Jersey Girl. Uh-huh. Uh, and he saw nothing wrong with casting Jennifer Lopez because he was like, she's been one of the best actresses I've worked with in my entire career. People thought he was and insane for doing all that. All of his garbage fans yeah. were like, oh my God, you sold out. Yeah. J-Lo, WTF, man. Yeah. Like All of these bros were like laughing. Uh-huh. And he was like, uh, okay, I mean, I've never worked with somebody who's more prepared, who gave me something completely unique and different and usable in every take. Like I really like there's interviews where he's like, I'm really confused by the vitriol yeah. against her. And it was vitriol. Yeah. He was like, she's the coolest, <laughs> she's the coolest, the nicest, the sweetest and, and the most prepared. Yes. Cause she is a fucking professional. I also think that Saturday night live, she was always so ready for because of her time within living color. And yeah, probably she gets that pace. Yes, probably just standing to the side watching people like Damon Wayans and like all of that amazing cast, Jim Carrey, like all of that amazing cast just like work. She probably Coming to work. She probably fucking absorbed it. And that yeah. is what she brought to SNL. And another great um call out of another great performance of hers, Will and Grace. Would she? Oh yes. <laughs> and she's also so playing good. herself. Yes, but like Ooh. so good, <laughs> so good, <laughs> so good. I had forgotten about. Oh yeah, Will and Grace. <laughs> oh, she's so good in that, and she got she, she did three appearances yeah. as Jennifer Lopez at three very different times, <laughs> which is funny that like. The Jennifer Lopez shows up in the narrative of these characters on Will and Grace a lot. <laughs> like for us being a slice of quote real life, these characters interact with Jennifer Lopez, Lopez a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask you this. So you're hearing, when did you hear about Hustlers? And when did the buzz kind of hit for you yeah. that this could be an award thing for her? Um, so I'd first heard about it, uh, right at the top of 2019. So usually when she gets attached to movie or when anybody gets attached to movie projects, there's like a couple years of development before it's like, all right, the script is ready and we're going to start shooting in three months. And this kind of came out of nowhere and was like, this is a movie that we're going to start shooting in a couple months. Yeah. And I was like, okay, a stripper movie. All right. That's like... (laughs) That's okay. kind of that's kind of bold for J Lo. I like some bold J Lo. Okay, and then like it started, and then I started seeing like pictures of her on set, and I was like, 
Okay, <laughs> this is looking like something that's going to be fun and cool. And then they started, like, announcing casting. And I was like, oh, shoot, this is, like, this is a thing. Yeah. Because, like, the last 10 years of Jen's film career has been, like, kind of interesting. And mm-hmm. not a lot of, like, big names come onto her projects. And this was, like, all right. And it, it was also clear that she was not only a, amassing... That this project was not only amassing cool people, but that her influence, that she was influencing casting. Yes. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure like Cardi B was snagged. There's Cardi B <sighs> and Lizzo and Usher. Yeah, were snagged by Jennifer Lopez, being like, "Hey, can um, can you do me a solid? It'll be fun. I only need you for four hours on set on this specific day," and then being like, "All right, sounds fun." <laughs> and then they filmed it, and then. You know, I have learned to thicken my skin with J-Lo movies throughout the years in terms of critical response. Sure. Um, Every movie that she's done since Out of Sight, which is 1998, Mm -hmm. is certified rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Are you fucking kidding? (laughs) Yeah. Every single one. There's a couple that get up into like, which Rotten Tomatoes as an algorithm is garbage in in the first place. which. As if you're a loyal listener of an absolute gag, you will know from Jason Richards' episode <laughs> where Hocus Pocus and Hook are both panned, panned. and have like a 22% on Rotten but Tomatoes. But compared to the audience score, it's like huge, yeah. huge the, difference. <laughs> the critics are very, very unkind to Jennifer Lopez. I agree. They are not. So I just kind of get ready that my experience is going to be. I like it or I don't, Mm -hmm. but the critics will come out a week before the movie comes out and they will dislike the movie. A lot of the narrative is like, uh, uh, this movie is not good, Yeah, but she is doing some good work. Yeah. She's doing okay. Or she is great in this really weird and not great movie. Um, And, you know, I have my various opinions of the movies throughout the year, but in general, I gird my loins for especially for a stripper movie after what you just said after showgirls and striptease like i'm like they're gonna they're gonna eat this a lot they're gonna hate it right away then i found out it was premiering at the toronto film festival and i was like Uh oh that's that's some gravitas yeah all right um cool and then it came out and then the next day i it was christmas morning for me (laughs) As an actor slash professional J-Lo fan, yeah. it was Christmas morning, and almost all of them said Oscar-worthy. Yeah. Said Academy Award-worthy performance from Jennifer Lopez, and we like the movie. Yeah. And the movie and is the great. Movie's the good. movie is solid. Beat to beat to beat to beat. It is a solid, really fun movie. Yeah. And so that that was that was like uh, uh, it came out like September mid September Toronto Film Festival yeah. was like September one or something of 2019, and um, if you ever have a chance to watch it, um, so J Lo's social media team, uh, one department of the J Lo Empire, um, started a YouTube channel in early 2019 uh-huh. where they do like you know cool content. You know, they did a lot of, like, tour diaries of her tour over the summer. Anyway, so they did an episode about the Toronto Film Festival. And 
they just show like the weekend of what it's like to be like a the producer of a film during the Toronto Film Festival and the star of a film during the Toronto Film Festival and a star like J Lo yeah. during the Toronto Film Festival, yeah. which is different from being like you know <laughs> you or me at the Toronto <laughs> Film Festival. Um, so they follow her and. You know, she does the premiere or anything, and then it's the next day after the premiere, and she's in the makeup chair mm-hmm. with the wall of hair behind her oh. and her her custom Versace makeup robe, which I'm trying to get one for my wedding, only knockoff, because I'm sure that robe is $7,000. so expensive. Um, wearing her makeup robe, she's got four people working on her, mm-hmm. as she does, the J-Lo Empire, keeping up the empire. <laughs> the glam squad. The glam squad. Um, and she gets... A FaceTime call from her producing partner, Elaine Goldsmith Thomas. And they make mm-hmm. they make movies together. She used to be her agent, and now Elaine's full-time job is basically the producing partner of Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> like she's like Jennifer's film film lady. I love that. She gets a FaceTime call from her, and Elaine is like, Oh my God, you are not gonna believe what they're saying. And Jennifer's like, What? Tell me. And they catch this reaction, this genuine reaction of Elaine reading all of the reviews to her, which is like New York Times, USA Today, like Variety, like the film reviews that you're supposed to read. And all of them say, this is a moment for Jennifer Lopez as an actress. She is Oscar worthy. And she just starts crying, (laughs) which is immediately hilarious because... She has a team of people working on her makeup who are already with equipment to help her when she cries. But she's like, you can tell that she knows what I just said, which is that the critics have never been kind to her. The critics have never been very receptive. It's always been like a, well, are people going to like this? Are people, are the people, are the fans, are the general going movie going public going to enjoy this? And this was like, an unexpected win for right. her. Right. And and then there's another interview where she then has to go on a press tour giving reactions to everybody calling her Oscar worthy. Like you could YouTube it. Like, totally like oh I mean she's God. basically just doing the promo for her film. Right. But all anybody wants to ask her at this point is how do you feel about being called Oscar worthy? And you can tell like you know, there's movies in the 2000s where you see her chasing this thing that she never got. Right. You can see her chasing the validity of this elite group of people yeah. that never really looked her way. And then she just wanted to do this fun, awesome, cool freaking project that then now has the eyes of these people. And she's like, she tears up. She yeah. tears up. It's a moment of genuine. It's a it's a cool moment. It's a cool moment for a fan. It's a cool moment to watch her go through. It's it's uh, it's really, really, really Really cool. Well, you have, and all the more devastating. I know when it doesn't happen. I know, but I, oh, but I got to throw in there. She. Uh, so this is the first time. I, uh, so I'm like an Oscar gay. Yes. I'm an Oscar queer. Yes. I follow the the awards and stuff. Of course. So because it's J Lo, I start following. Oh, which means I've never been so aware of all of the film critics awards, of which there are like. 35. Yeah. There's like the New York Everybody film critics, the LA film critics, the Colorado film <laughs> yeah. critics, the Seattle film mm-hmm. critics. And it starts becoming a thing where like Jennifer wins. Yeah. Like eight of them. Yeah. Over Laura Dern in Marriage Story. Right. 
Uh, not over, but Laura, like it starts becoming like like an award season scoreboard. Yeah, of like this is gonna happen. This is, this gonna is happen. really gonna yeah. happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she wins the L.A. Film Critics um, award. She wins best supporting actress at the huge. L.A. Film. That's Critics. a big one. Yeah, it's a big one. And she like gets to go up and make a speech about thanking people for giving her an award for acting, which. I have always been wanting, and I know she has always been wanting. Oh, my God. And it's, and it's cool, this, like, sweet old man from the Washington um, – edit that out. <laughs> sweet old man from the Washington Post. You don't have to edit that out. But this sweet guy who has been working at the Washington Post is a well-respected film critic whose name escapes me at the moment. Sorry. Gets up. He looks like um, he looks like Austin Pendleton. Oh, sure. And he gets up. Right after Jennifer makes her speech and proceeds to be like, all right, well, I'm here to present the next award, but I just have to say it is an honor to take the stage after Jennifer Lopez, who I have loved and admired since her work in Out of Sight. And I was like, I know. what is happening? I know. This is the best day of my life. Well, I think, And also not true, Washington Post. <laughs> but... This is so You're cool. You're telling me you watched The Boy Next Door. And <laughs> You're telling me I know you saw The Boy Next Door and I know what you wrote. Yeah. I know what you wrote, Austin Pendleton. <laughs> about, about the first edition of the Iliad. I know. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. That is wild. That moment. But that she, was another moment. Oh, that's such a moment. <laughs> she, like, here's the thing. Whether you liked her movies or not, this is the thing that we always talk about when we say you have it. You have it. There is whether, like, quote unquote, how you can gauge the talent or whatever. It doesn't matter. She has it. She is charismatic. She is otherworldly stunning. She just has a presence in, like... No matter what, no matter the movie, I mean, my yeah. sister fucking loves Enough. There are mm-hmm. so many women who love Enough because oh, it's such a enough. great, like, revenge movie. Yes. And, like, in that movie, even, I'm just like, fuck yeah. Even in that dumb yeah. wig, I'm just like... <laughs> dumb wig. I'm just like, get it, girl. But she... Because she just has it. She has... Yeah. That presence that you she can't has deny. Star quality. The eyes gravitate mm-hmm. to her in a room. Like the the any room that she walks in becomes like a solar system of things yes. revolving around her. Yeah. Which is I don't know why Hustlers was so cool that she like took a moment to kind of relinquish that to Constance Wu, who is also a star yes. and a yeah. incubus of talent. Um agreed. And uh yeah, it's it's cool. It's so fun. Enough is, I love enough, but like, <laughs> in terms of like vitriol over Jennifer's acting career, when I tell people that I that I that I love the Jenny, that I love the Jenny from the Block, and especially as an actress, um, I get a lot of like, really? Yeah. Have you seen her movies? Except for enough. enough. I love I enough. Love enough. <laughs> oh, I love enough. I could watch enough any day, and I'm like. Guys, she's doing the same thing in enough. Not the same thing, but like, I promise you, there's good stuff there's, out there. She, she's she's great. consistently good. She's great. I she's great. We also have to mention that, like, you talk about 
the movies that she did to really pursue the possibility of an award yeah. and stuff. You have to remember how she was introduced to most of us, which is through Selena. And Selena. it was, I mean, that is like awards bait. It is a yeah. biopic. It is a musician. Mm-hmm. It's somebody singing and doing a lot of her own stuff. And it's also a no-name, like a quote-unquote yeah. no-name. It's like we're yeah. introducing a brand new star. That is like award bait yeah. boots the house down. <laughs> that's a that's another that's another lightning in a bottle moment. Oh, like she <laughs> was just at the right place, right time, and it's very difficult to talk about it in those in those metrics because right. it happened so quickly after a great tragedy. Yeah. A great, great, great tragedy, especially like in the Tejano music scene. Like yeah. and then for that movie to happen right afterwards at the precise moment that Jennifer Lopez had access mm-hmm. to those kinds of auditions. Yeah. Cause she had worked with the director Gre- Gregory Nava before on her first home. And then for her to like just go into the audition and bring that person back to life. Like, and people talk about Selena, like the Selena movie in particular of like, she came into the audition room the eight times that she came into the audition room. And where they were like, oh, every time it's, I'm sure. it's like, uh, yeah, it's like, um, it's like, a, a I think, ghost I think people in. said that about, about uh, Renee Zellweger and Judy. Sure. Uh, say what you sure. will about. Which is also another subject of the of the pod, I know. And uh, that, like, yeah, say what you will about the movie and all the choices and everything, but you like, can't deny there it. were some people on that set that were like, "I am Judy's here." Yeah, and um, and talk about workhorse Jennifer moved in. Jennifer was like a Daniel Day Lewis actor back then. <laughs> She she moved in with the Quintanillas and and lived with uh with Susie is that Selena's sister's name Susie I, I think, think yeah. so um she moved in with her and just like popped in videotape after videotape and memorized the moves got the essence and and it it paid off she so good. became a star I think she's always been reverent of how Selena has been the thing that. Yeah brought her to stardom and always tries to bring it back to like, Hey, I owe all this to this thing that happened. Yeah. (laughs) Like I feel, I finally feel secure and confident in my own talent and my own star quality and my own, whatever I bring to the table. But this is the thing that brought me to the table. And this is, she is the woman that brought me to the table. You know, there was a long time gestating project uh, that probably still exists in the world, but Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were trying for years to make a remake of Damn Yankees, the film. And yes, if Jennifer Lopez was Lola, <sighs> so get the perfect. fuck out of here. Get <laughs> I mean, that would have been out of here. That would have been so good. Like, that would have yes. been so good. <gasps> I think about that all the time. And like, it it had a crazy cast attached at one yeah. time, but the Lola was never addressed. And I was always like, yeah. I'm tearing out my hair. Cause I knew Ooh. the answer. <laughs> yeah. like, and, and what a shame that we have it. Like Jennifer as a dancer is formidable. And what started this whole thing. And I've never quite seen her do 
a lot of Fosse stuff, which is a shame because I know that it would be, in terms of her like movement vocabulary, she would fall right into that. I just, she's done like a couple hints here and there and some like award show performances, but yeah. Oh, she'd be great. I just like the fact that she has not been in like a movie musical. I mean, I guess you could say like Selena is like kind of having that flavor, but yeah. I mean, like an old school movie musical, I think yeah. that would have been, I think it still can be such a moment. I think it could be. Well, brace yourself, Tommy, because there is one coming. <laughs> what? There is one coming. It is her next film. Okay, so, okay, I'm lying. Oh. But I'm lying, but I'm not lying. Okay, I know what her so. next film is. And let me tell you, I can't fucking wait. Because wait, which movie? The, the, uh, Die Hard at a Wedding. What's that called? Okay, uh, so that's there's another movie coming out before Shotgun Wedding. <laughs> I would love to plug all of Jennifer's five upcoming gold <laughs> projects right now. But what I will say is that Shotgun Wedding is coming out, which is the uh, Die Hard at a Wedding yes. with her and Josh Duhamel. And uh, both Jennifer Coolidge and Darcy Jennifer Carden. Jennifer Coolidge, Darcy Carden. Get out of it's, here. <laughs> that's another thing where the cast started rounding on them. Cheech Marin. Yeah. Yeah. They all oh. got together and had like family dinners. Did you hear about yes. this? Yeah. I did. I listened to that Las Culturistas podcast. Yeah. You're welcome. Bowen and Matt. We just plugged it. <laughs> they, have, have our audience. I, I love when, the, when she was like... She, they were like, can we ask you a question about her? And she was like, yes, yeah, she smells good. And then they're like, no, yeah. not that. And she was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that, I love that. That they like yeah. created like a little family and everything. Yeah, me too. Oh, that's me so too. fucking cool. But what's the other movie? She filmed two years ago now a romantic comedy, question mark, maybe, called Marry Me with Owen Wilson, <gasps> where... <laughs> It is a movie, it is a, um, um, uh, what is it? It's a romantic musical comedy. And it's with oh Owen God. Wilson, Sarah Silverman, and Maluma. <laughs> yes. This is wild. It is. Oh, it's, when I heard the plot of this movie, I was like, this is wild. This was the first thing that, that got announced after Hustlers 2, and I was like, okay, okay all right, okay. let's see how this goes. So... It gives me very Star is Born. Oh. Like Lady Gaga Star is Born meets Glitter kind of vibes. Yeah. Jennifer Lopez plays a pop star. Stretch. Who is like, you know, uh, an internationally known pop star that is famous all around the world. That (laughs) is slated to get um, married to an equally large international uh, Latin music star, Maluma. Mm -hmm. uh, And they're going to get married as like a publicity stunt. Not really a publicity stunt, but they're going to get married at Madison Square Garden. And she finds out that he cheated on her. So she dumps him in front of everybody at Madison Square Garden. And in a fit of whatever, finds a guy in the audience who is holding a sign that says, marry me. And decides to marry him on the spot instead, and it's Owen Wilson. Oh my god! <laughs> Interlaced in this whole story is apparently an entire album, a la A Star is Born. Like, she has been apparently recording this album for a number of years now. There is an album coming out with this romantic comedy. 
I fucking uh, love that. <laughs> Universal, stu- it's produced by Universal, which sure. is a huge studio. And they keep pushing it back because they insist on releasing it in theaters, which if it was garbage, I feel like you'd just like sell that to Amazon, yeah. sell that yeah. to Netflix. You know, they yeah. are like, nope, we need the money from the box office from this. Yeah. And so this is coming out Valentine's Day of 2022. It filmed two years ago and was supposed to release fall of the pandemic. You know what? And they kept pushing it back. It's a good call because I also feel like a resurgence of Owen Wilson is going to happen with Loki because he's so good in it already. There's one episode and he's so good at it. And I was like, oh yeah, Owen Wilson... I can jam with Owen Wilson. I forgot. I yeah. really dig him. And, so- and this movie is a reunion of Owen Wilson and Jennifer Lopez, right. stars of Anaconda, <laughs> 1997's oh box office hit. Not even. We haven't even talked about Anaconda. Oh, my God. Oh, even man. Though it- we might need another episode for Anaconda, because I got a lot to say. There, I Listen. <laughs> listen. John Boy in that movie. Also, Doing- just a... Uh, Full on like image of the future of John Boy. I was like, oh, Ooh, yes. wow, this was a this was telling us this was a prophecy. Yeah. I don't I don't know what that accent is, I don't know. but I know it's problematic. <laughs> I know it. I know I know it could be one of seventy eight <laughs> countries, all of which he should not be doing an accent from. <laughs> Rambling like a crazy man, which guess what? That's oh, what yeah. he does now. <laughs> yeah. In fact, like I think that movie is now like. Worth a rewatch. Oh, if and don't even worry about the snake. No, just the demise of a of a crazy man. And just <laughs> insanity. Except I do love when the snake screams randomly. <gasps> best, yeah, <laughs> screaming snake. The the best is um about three quarters of the way through the. It's just B movie deliciousness. Oh, it's so, good. and she's wonderful. Yes, she's the perfect. She reminds me a lot. I always think about um. I think about Raquel Welch whenever yeah, I think of J Lo yeah. because mm-hmm. it's like this like sometimes you just think that you're like oh you're in on the joke you know yeah you know what you're doing and you yeah. know the movie you get the assignment you understand what you're doing like you totally yeah. get it and that's yeah. what I feel like Raquel Welch's career is totally I also think that's a lot of Jane totally. Fonda which is why. Monster-in-law is so great. I have found a lot of similarities in Jane and Jennifer. Yes, Barbarella. Like, I mean, the fact that Jane Fonda did Barbarella, and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? But yet, totally committed with so good. I think working with Jane and Monster-in-law was also another kind of turning point in Jennifer's career. Because Jane Jane Fonda still has nothing but great things to say about Jennifer Lopez. And the first thing she said was... Damn, that girl's smart. Yeah. She is a she is a businesswoman. Yes, Jennifer Lopez knows how to run her business. Yeah. that that woman will never not have a check coming in. Like, yeah, she has ever. She got a hint of any notoriety and immediately turned it into cash and like investments. Yeah. Like, she is. Yeah. She's so smart. She's so smart. Ugh. I just She's so smart. I love her. So okay, so we have to talk about the uh, the end, the denouement of 2019 for her, which of is course. we got the beauty of her um, Super Bowl halftime show Oof. with Shakira. And oh my gosh! I think it was such an interesting thing because when they announced it, I was like, "Oh, that's interesting," because it's not mm-hmm. the immediate person that I would think at that time. But yeah. then 
when you see it, it is yeah. so fucking good. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, what, well, this was, what was another like thing for you. It, it was another surreal moment yeah. of like, I feel like I got like, like I got what I had been getting all along, but like what uh, the world then I thought saw what I saw when this, when the Super Bowl happened, the same thing as an actress that they saw with Hustlers, they saw as a pop star, as a musician, yeah, as a force, yeah, truly um, with the Super Bowl. Um, I had heard some mutterings in the years prior of her being like courted for the Super Bowl, but then like maybe the NFL like just ended up not being super interested or questioned her relevancy sure. or. Or how many people that she would bring in, which is interesting back to 2019, that she did that tour that seemed to, it didn't come out of nowhere, but it was a tour dedicated to It's My 50th Birthday. Yeah. Which, usually when you do a tour, you want to, like, promote some stuff. And that seemed very strategically placed right in the middle of the year that I have this fan theory that, like, I wonder if they doubted her. And she was like, all right, well, I'm going to do a tour and I'll show you how many tickets I sell. Yeah. As if my Las Vegas residency for six years does not show you how many tickets I sell. Come on. <laughs> so she did it and sold out virtually every arena that she went to. Yes. Which were large stadium arenas. And I think the and even then, even then the Super Bowl was like, hmm. all right, well, maybe we'll get you with Shakira. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if you're double Who is also amazing. Amazing and also like... And I ended up loving Oh my God. But also like another person that you're just like, man, fucking Shakira is so fucking good. (laughs) So good. She is And such an arena performer. Yes. They are both arena performers. That was, to me, that is like... um, The the telling of a great halftime show is the fact Mm -hmm. that they are so comfortable in yeah. literally the biggest stadium ever. Like, it just feels like home for them, you know? Well, and talk about star quality. And we mentioned earlier that it factor of, like, all of the eyes in a room going toward you and the room becoming, like, a little mini solar system that revolves around this one person. Mm-hmm. These two women are commanding the intention of an entire arena, which you can do with lighting and pyrotechnics, and yet they still do it with their bodies. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Their bodies command your attention. And it, uh, it in such a larger-than-life way. And, you know, like... And it also... <laughs> it tied back to Hustlers. Yes! Because the, the moment halfway through... The moment halfway through when she gets up on that pole. Uh-huh. And it is done... In such a, I hate, I hesitate to say non-sleazy way, but I think we are deprogramming ourselves, or at least we are, and hopefully the listeners of these pod, of this podcast, <laughs> podcast are deprogramming themselves from thinking that w- women showing their bodies mm-hmm. and using their bodies and maybe even dancing on a pole is not gross or sleazy. No, yeah. That being said, the pole dancing in the Super Bowl, to me, and hopefully to other intellectuals, <laughs> was... Not sleazy in the slightest. No, it's an athletic feat. It's an athletic feat. And the first thing she does is the tabletop position where she is completely vertical. That, like, people spend years trying to figure out how to do. 
Uh, it's just, it, and it is also like such a happy ending to what I think was a huge speed bump of the not securing the Oscar nomination yeah, for Hustlers. I agree. For her to be like, hey, you know what? Hustlers is still going to be a real important part of my life and a real big turning point in how I see myself uh-huh. and how I how I have self-confidence over myself as a performer mm-hmm. and an actress. I'm incorporating that. I'm still celebrating that. I know what I'm doing. I I learned these skills. Yes. And it was really freaking hard to learn these skills in the time that I learned them. So that's not going to be the last time I use those skills. No. I'm going to get up on this pole. It's going to be an athletic endeavor. It's going to be great. It's going to be something only I can do on this platform. Uh-huh. And, and it's going to be amazing. And what did and it was. everybody talk about the next day? What was the only thing people talked about? Good or bad, what did everybody talk about? It was her. It was, it was her. J-Lo. It yeah. was her. It was her. I The beauty of a 50-plus woman, a woman of color who just made so many people mad. Like, yeah. that is... She did. She made a lot of people yum, mad. Yum, yum, yum. I eat it yeah. up. I just am like, wow, wow, wow. Are and you all just so mad at her and an, her skill? <laughs> yes. At her, at her skill, that How? she is a Latina, yes. that Shakira is a Latina, yeah. that they are doing this in Miami, yeah. which is such an important place for Latinx, Latina culture. Yes. Like, in the year of the final year of Trump, where who at the height of kids at the border being in cages, mm-hmm. which is then brought in t- right after the poll day. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't notice this at the first glance because I was, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, in shock of joy. Oh, I, uh, I had I had tears. kind of uh, <laughs> I had kind of like <laughs> crossfaded into tears. Yes, and and. Tears and 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 disbelief and just like, oh man, you should have seen it. But so right after right after the pole dancing, uh-huh. after the waiting for tonight, it zooms out and you just hear Emmy, mm-hmm. Jennifer Lopez's daughter, her uh, who at that time was ten. Yeah. Uh, what year? No, twelve. 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 Oh, okay. 12. Yeah. She was just about to turn twelve. Uh, who is becoming a little bit of a musician herself. I've heard. Which is so patronizing. She has an actual, legitimate, wonderful voice. Um, and I think is going to take over the world just like her mom did. It's going to be really um, cool. She comes out and starts singing, if you want to live your life, live it all the way. Don't you waste it. Let's get loud. Yeah. And it zooms out. And there are all these little girls in cages, uh-huh. in in abstract cages. And then as they're singing Let's Get Loud, which is repurposed into this big epic fight song. Which is like leave their cages. Like Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get there, Tommy. Don't you don't you think I don't know what you're thinking about with Let's Get Loud? And listener, I know you're waiting for it too. Dear listener, these girls all leave their cages, join everybody on stage, uh-huh. grab hands, and start Throwing their whole bodies into singing Let's Get Loud as an anthem, which Let's Get Loud is not an anthem. No. It is. It's a party anthem. It's a a celebration of life anthem. And it turns into this anthem for freedom, Mm -hmm. anthem for activism, which 
I'm going to throw in there. Jennifer has not throughout her career been very careful with her activism. Right. And in this moment in time is not, um, is not really careful with what she wants to say. She really has no more facts to give. Like in the last few years, she's been like, fuck y'all. I just, I'm done. I'm I'm doing what I want and I'm being who I am. Get out of here. And then it just, it just keeps getting bigger and louder and more of a celebration of Latin culture. She comes out with a giant spangled Puerto Rican flag <sighs> shrug as if, which I just realized now almost might throw back to the whole climb in my fur thing yeah. in Hustlers. Looks like her fur that she then envelops Emmy into. I'm discovering this right now. <laughs> that uh, Yes, it's the Puerto Rican flag, but then she envelops Emmy, her daughter, into this though. flag. And also, she, you know, Jennifer Lopez is a fierce mama bear. She is a oh, wonderful mother. Yeah. She she also does this duet with her daughter right after she dances on a pole. There's nothing wrong with what she's doing. There's nothing dirty or sleazy no. or not empowering about this. And also, everybody, everybody kept talking about how she was naked. First of all, it'd be fine if she was naked. <laughs> Let's not... World, you tried to do to Jennifer Lopez what you did to Janet yes, Jackson. Yes, yes. And, and Jennifer Lopez said, no, thank you. But we are, we are. Not my narrative. We have grown as a society. There are more yeah. people who stood up and said, no, no, no. That's No, 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 ma'am. <laughs> you know? No, 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 Karen. No. <laughs> Karen, you will not get this narrative today. How? Um, how Jennifer's dare. wearing like a, a, a wetsuit. Like and have I feel like I've known this since Britney Spears wore something like that at the 2001 VMAs. Nothing I'm like, different than there what? is. It is that is an opaque. Yep. Wetsuit. Nothing different than what the other girls are doing. Nothing yeah. different. But there is just something about the fact that she was of a certain age, that she was a woman of color, that all mm-hmm. of this, that they were just like, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you? And and I, she said, I dare. <laughs> I do dare, ma'am. I do dare. <laughs> Just watch me. And guess what? I'm going to be in your husband's dreams tonight, and yeah, mm-hmm. and you can't handle it. <laughs> and and your little girls are going to look up me, to me, and they're going to love me. <laughs> yep. Well, and then going back to what I know you wanted to talk about, please the let's get loud thing. <laughs> this was I, if I hear if I hear one more funny tweet about. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez singing gr- wonderfully great. at the inauguration. Um, really great choice for her voice, which you know is a thing. Her voice is a is a is a specific type of voice. Yeah, she's like, and when I kind of like, that's that's why I'm like, oh, what are these musicals where it was the women who were like decent singers, but like just had that quality, just had that, thing. yeah, exactly, yeah. like yeah. a Gwen Verdon like kind of thing. Yeah. Ugh. So she sings it, and then at the end throws in Let's Get Loud, which so many people are like, wow, you got to throw your own song in there, don't you? And thought that, like, I that she was just it. like, pick up my new album on iTunes. <laughs> my, my, my greatest hits drops this Tuesday. <laughs> this land is your land. This land is my land. But I know that what she was doing was hearkening back to the Super Bowl, yeah. where she repurposed Let's Get Loud as an anthem for Use Your Voice to affect political change. Yes. I don't think that message 
I think she was a little presumptuous in, was, in how many ears that was going to fall on. I think <laughs> it, it, I found it adorable. Like there was a part yeah. of me that was like, "Oh, this is cute," because like I just yeah, she was she just threw that in, and I was like, "Bitch!" Was well, like, and you can tell because the the J Lo Empire is a staff of yeah hundreds of people at this point. Yeah, and so there are people who are making six figures. Off of helping the J-Lo empire continue to exist. And you could tell that, like, that's their whole world. And that there were at least 12 of them that were like, we should throw Let's Get Loud in here. Do you remember all those concept meetings we had for the Super Bowl? Where we repurposed it for, like, you know, to, like, use your voice and raise your voice and, you know, speak on it. We should do that for the end of the inauguration. There were, like, three... Gay men named Jay who were all screaming that at the same time. (laughs) They were like, oh my God. Jay. Jenny. That's a good good gay man name. (laughs) Yes. And because it also, it could be anybody and anything. Like, you can imagine 12 different. It could be my inner saboteur. (laughs) (laughs) I named my inner saboteur Jay. I keep trying to, and it's just. Patrick. Oh, my inner saboteur <laughs> is just me. <laughs> yeah. It's just, and she's, it's just us. She's not in her. She's outer. Yeah. She's yeah. loud. She's here with us right now. There's I think four she's people here. on this podcast. The mirror has four faces uh, I have, on this podcast recording. I have two very important questions to wrap up okay. with because I... I did inform a group of friends recently that you were going to be the next interview that I was going to do. And each of them, without missing a beat, said, you have to ask him where he is on the Benefer resurgence. And what I knew is, it. <laughs> and what is happening? <laughs> I, I got to say, I'm, I'm fucking all for it because I think what <laughs> is happening is she was like, Damn, he was such a good lay. And that she just mm-hmm. wants to have the best sex of her life, like, yeah. back in her life. Like, yeah. she broke up with somebody who she had a very sincere relationship with, that they were really going to go for it. And now she's like, I need a fuck boy. I yeah. need a fuck boy again. Yeah. And Ben is sh- king of it. <laughs> to To answer all of their questions... <laughs> Several of which I already have on many text messages. Because you know that my phone lit up when that happened. Um, I feel the same as you do. Um, So first of all, my first gut reaction was like, oh no. (laughs) If anything, because not to get too like high and mighty, but like to be. So when was Benefer? Benefer was 2002 to 2004. Yes. Which is right before ugly tabloid celebrity culture that almost killed Lindsay Lohan and Britney Spears. Like, that real sleazy tabloid culture that was a whole whole industry around taking down stars and eating them alive and monotonizing their – not monotonizing, monetizing their pain. Yeah. And – that was a really interesting time for me to be 15, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have my own identity yet. So I was truly idolizing Jennifer Lopez at that point. So it gave me a real sour taste about celebrity culture in general. In general yeah. And like how we get so interested in their personal lives. So that it kind of makes it kind of 
It left such a bad taste in my mouth that I remove myself from her personal relationships a lot. Get it. I've come down on that a lot. And I think I just have more of a like harmless, fun kind of relationship with that. And I just want her to be happy. Oh. I think she deserves happiness. She's a She's a lover, not a fighter. No. And like really, really, really loves hard. Um, I don't want to like gossip too much, but it sounds like some stuff happened at the end of A-Rod and J-Lo that was not great on A-Rod's part. Uh, No. Um, And this is where my worlds collide because it involves a Bravo celebrity. This like. Oh, yes. (laughs) Girl from Southern Charm. (laughs) The most random show. (laughs) Some slipping into the DMs. Yes. Oh, my God. Sorry. I just was like, oh, my God. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) For her to to then take that and be like, I'm going to try and make this work for a couple months. Mm -hmm. uh, By the way, while she's in the Dominican Republic shooting a movie with the shotgun wedding, um, to find find out about that long distance and then try to long distance, like, patch up a relationship must be so tough. And to me... The immediate heading to Ben Affleck is a, I have to address this trauma. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I have to, I have to get to, to a high point of my love life. And she went for Ben. And also I think, uh, and, and I'm a little, I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared. Sure. sure. Because like. I haven't seen Jennifer talked about in the tabloids quite like this since 2005, uh-huh. 2006. It's a little, and, and it's a little daunting. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't want to see a demise and things get ugly yeah. or anything, but they look happy. And you know what I just realized when they dated in 2002, 2003, they were younger than we are. Yeah. They were, they were uh, 30. Yeah. Like, I think he was 28 and she was 30. Yeah. And now they're freaking 50. Like, oh. they are 50 years old. And yes. I think about people that I dated in my 20s before Danny. I don't uh, – hopefully when I'm in my 50s, I really would like to continue to be with my husband. <laughs> but the idea of revisiting a relationship even now, mm-hmm. I'm like, I am such a completely different person. Right. I so, agree. And also, I just, good on them for – I get it. I just – For hooking up. I, you know? I think – He's single. She's single. I just think he, they both need have some wounds to lick a little yes, bit, and 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 I just they loved each other real they hard. They did, they did. But it was all like it was all so lusty, and so that's yeah. why I'm just like, man, you know what? Yeah, he fucked her like nobody else. Yeah, and she is like, damn it, I want that back. I want yeah. that back just for a and little she bit. She deserves that, and she deserves that. And also, what a at this time in their move. careers. <laughs> She has nothing. I have nothing to prove to no one. Yes. I will call whom I choose. Yes. I will text whom I choose, regardless of how much time has passed mm-hmm. since my last relationship ended, regardless of what anybody thinks. I am literally going to do what I think is best for me or what I want in the moment. Yeah. And, well, it's just like she did it. It's just like with Jennifer Anderson and Brad Pitt when that whole thing happened where like they were hanging out again. 
And I was like, y'all, they just wanna, they just wanna fuck. And they wanna yeah. find somebody that they know yeah. and that like they knew it connected and it felt good. And there's no shame it. in that. There's no shame in that. Yeah. Let's, like, as a, I, like, as a culture, we are, I think, slowly but surely giving less power yes. to shame. And also, here's the deal. It's different than like a rebound thing because yeah. it is, like you said, years later it is they are two totally different human beings than they were when they first were together but i just like i think that there is this surgence there's this groundswell if you will of these fans and of these people online and everything who are like stop trying to make it something it's not they just want to have sex and they just want to hook up and like have fun and like yeah Chill it You're out. right. These <laughs> these these headlines are really thirsty. Yeah, they are trying like, so hard. Here's here's Ben Affleck's smirky smile after he leaves Jennifer Lopez's house in the morning. I'm like, wow. Wow. Get, That's uh guess what? A correct yeah. and B newsworthy. Uh, All right. If I left They didn't even get a picture of them. I know. Just a picture of Ben Affleck smiling after he left her house. If I was a hetero <laughs> man who left J Lo's house, I'd be I wouldn't just be smirking. I would be like Doing cartwheels down the driveway. Yeah. I would be like a band behind me, like a marching band. Like, mm-hmm. bitch, you would know. And let me tell you this if I was me now getting fucked by Ben Affleck, I'd be doing the same thing. <laughs> I'd yeah. be like, it was great. It was great. <laughs> well, and I think like one of the things I did pay attention to during the Benefer era was why they broke up. Yeah. And, you know, things were kept pretty hop, hop, fairly hush hush. But the little that they did disclose was that the tabloids broke them up. Yeah. That the the culture at large and them becoming this Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston, Angelina Jolie, Britney Spears, Lindsay Lohan tabloid phenomenon, yeah. which is more than just photographers following. Well, them. that's a whole thing that that changes the way yeah. you vibrate in the universe. Well, because it was the tabloids. And then you had people online who yeah. all of a sudden thought they were tabloid. You have bloggers, you have Perez yeah. Hilton, you had yeah. all of this garbage that yeah. decided all of a sudden, please let me punch up because like this is yeah. isn't that great? Isn't that like so fun because yeah. they're so rich and it doesn't matter who cares? And you're like, yeah. no, you're still being a shithead. And like, you gotta stop. <laughs> it is, it's encouraging to see that the, so those tabloids didn't go anywhere. No. <laughs> you know, like rag mags, I don't think are, are, are as much of an industry as they were in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's an infinite number of websites that you could go to. So there's still more uh, content to be created that people will consume. Instagram. It's now all Instagram. about Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So that's still there. But I can see now that the common folk have a voice that is as powerful as people who run blogs and tabloids and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The narratives I – I feel like this is the 50th time I've said the word narrative. Um, it seems to be like – let them do what they do. Yes. Let them do whatever they want. They are two super grown adults, super grown adults that are very attractive, that have had their own share of pitfalls and high points and yep. have found themselves both single in their 50s. 
I think Ben is still like 49 or something, but like that are, uh, why not? There, you know? there is a movie in this. I know there is. I mean, it is like, oh yeah, there is a, um, what's her face that did, uh, it's complicated. And, uh, all of those, like Diane Keaton in like a, like, it's not Nancy. Nancy, Nancy Myers. Nancy Myers. Yes, yes. yes. It is. There is a Nancy Myers movie out of this of yes. like two hot young like stars all of a sudden getting back together when they're like near their like fifties. Like that is there is a film in it's, there somewhere. It's like America's Sweethearts with Catherine Zeta yes. Jones yeah. and John Cusack is not what we needed in the year two thousand. No. But we need a reboot of that with it's this story. This um this story in twenty twenty one. I love it. I just I get so excited. I was just like, oh my god, I'm so happy for her. <laughs> like I just was yeah. like, yeah, she And it seems to be like de scandalized, right? Yeah. Like I feel like people are still trying like headlines are still trying to scandalize yeah. it and people are just like, Yes, yeah. <laughs> get your life. There is there is this whole fan base, there is this whole movement online that are just like, you know what? They just are they just want to get it on and like yeah. let them do so. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> this is they only uh if I could hearken to the on the floor lyrics. Oh please do, please do. <laughs> um only got just one life, this I've learned. Who cares what they're gonna say? <laughs> Poet laureate. <laughs> yeah. Put that put that on a slab of wood and hang it in my kitchen. In that like drink, eat, love. Yeah, like, love, love, yeah. love. Drink, eat, love. <laughs> okay, so one last question here. And okay. this is very important because I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on this. What is the next thing for her? Like, what's the next big thing? that you want to see J-Lo kind of accomplish? What's the next chapter of the career of J-Lo? That's a great question. Um, I don't know. I think she's, I think she's, I think she's doing it. I have learned to adapt, especially in the last few years, a best is yet to come kind of vibe with her. Um, I would love to see more creative control. Uh, uh, not, you know what? She has complete creative control, but like creative control and even larger platforms for her to share that. Yeah. And I think what's cool about this. Um, so she just got a first look deal with Netflix through her production company. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like what they're going to be devoted to is not just projects starring and centering Jennifer Lopez, mm-hmm. but projects starring and centering um, female filmmakers, mm-hmm. female content creators, and female content creators of color, female artists of color, and for her to pass the torch while still being able to be on this upward trajectory trajectory of... I just... I just love to watch her flex her muscles and be celebrated for it because I feel like so often, despite the fact that she's been this mega celebrity has kind of been left to her own devices and resources to flex her muscles. And now with people like Netflix and directors and music producers being like, 
oh, well, here's my millions of dollars for you to do it exactly in the way that you want to do yes. that is really cool. I think you're so on the money about, like, I think that she is going to produce so many wonderful things and give so many opportunities to a lot of incredible female artists. I'm mm-hmm. so excited about that. I yeah. would love to see her. This is, like, such a long shot. But... Mm-hmm. I would love to see her, like, in, like, a great single-cam comedy on, like, HBO or Netflix that is, like, almost, like, I'm thinking in the vein of, like, Comeback or Veep or something. I think she has such... Yeah, I would definitely like to see, like, a smarter comedic turn that is not either just, like, romantic comedy filter Mm -hmm. or gritty dark thriller drama. Yeah. I would I, I I would like to see that. I think she'd be good at that too. I, I don't think she's been given that opportunity. No. I don't think she believes in that aspect of herself yes. yet. Yes. And that Agreed. would be really cool. I bet like and I want her to dig her heels into her culture, how she was raised, yeah. everything like mm-hmm. that. I want that to be the foundation of that comedy because I think that there's something there. And I think she mm-hmm. would be dynamite. And you surround her by super funny, incredibly funny people to help yeah. her. And she would soar, in my opinion. Yeah. That's just she'd be great. <laughs> and I'm and I'm also with you in that, you know, I'm an MT guy. <laughs> I would love to see her take on. I mean, it almost happened with Bye Bye Birdie. We were so close. We were were so so close to getting a good old musical starring Jennifer Lopez in a role that she is perfect for and could sing well. Yes. Because she doesn't, she'll be the first to tell you, she doesn't have like a big Broadway voice. Her one of her idols is Barbara Streisand, like she loves. And she's always wanted to have the career Mm -hmm. of Barbara Streisand, and she kind of does. Yes, truly. Um, In terms of breadth of. Of, of uh, you know, mediums. Yeah. Um, uh, and also just, like, that untouchable. Like, she just, is yeah. she exists on this different plane than, say, yeah. other actors or singers or something. She's above, like, same I with mean, Barbara, you know? I think there's an idea in the works to turn Hustlers into a Broadway show. Well, that would be incredible, yeah. That's incredible, but I feel like, I feel like it's going to be turned into one of those, like, Broadway events sure, and not really like a good old, not a good old, but you know what I mean? Like a, a, a true musical, yeah. you know, like, and then also somebody while they were developing hustlers into a stage show throughout the idea of Jennifer Lopez doing a show, I guess they basically do these like glorified concerts that are sold and ticketed as Broadway shows. Oh, sure. Yeah. With like, I get share show to me is like a Broadway show. Yeah. But like there, I don't have a good example of this and I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to speak ill yeah. of the people who are doing this on Broadway, but like, you know, like, uh, like Tina, like an artist, like, like, t- like, who? like Tina, like the musical Tina, yeah. like yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of the jukeboxy, but also like biography and like all this stuff. Yeah. I'm less interested in her doing that in her doing the story of JLo on Broadway yeah. and more like her being like, 
fuck it. I'm going to do Kiss of the Spider Woman. Well, hello. <laughs> that is yeah. another one that I'm like, yeah. oh my God, that's uh, it. That is my fiance's dream. She is, she is so made for candor and ebb. Truly, if we all would have just sat and thought about it for a second, like, as incredible as Catherine was in Chicago, imagine J-Lo. Like, imagine J-Lo. Imagine J-Lo just, like, in anything. I just, I think she has it in her. I just know she does. And that's why I thought it was I feel like her, I know. And In the Heights was definitely good. I feel like, I feel like something like Kiss of the Spider Woman. Is something that's going to be just a little too niche yeah. for her empire to invest in. Yeah, I agree. To me, Kiss of the Spider Woman is something that a true freelance on their own actress is just going to like give it give it a shot. Unless, unless if we come back, if theater comes back the way that they want to, and just like bringing in the money, I, roundabout theater. Hear me out, y'all. <gasps> Throw you heard money. It here, folks. You throw money at her to get yes. her to do Kiss of the Spider Woman for like three months at most, whatever, like yes. a short run revival. That's what y'all slay mm-hmm. every time. And yeah. she would, I mean, it would be the event on Broadway. <laughs> like the new Bette Midler and Dolly. Yes, I and think she it does would. it for a few months and then it becomes like a rotating, <gasps> oh. like, like of mysterious spidery celebrities yes. <laughs> and Broadway from both Broadway and pop music yes. for like the next three yeah. years. Yeah. And then they like go for a younger crowd and it's Olivia. Because Rodriguez. we, <laughs> we who love uh, Kiss of the Spider Woman and Candor and Ebb, we are aging into the age demographic <laughs> of old people who are going to finance Broadway. <laughs> and afford- we still love Hello, Dolly, and uh, Sound of Music, and all of those. But we just... And, and Gypsy, but we also love those dark ones from the 80s yes. and 70s and 90s. Yes, and I think that, like, I mean, how big that was for the career of Vanessa Williams when she did it and stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's such a great, such a great role. It's so yeah. fabulous. And, like, just put her in it. And I have to credit that all to to Danny, my well, fiance, he was the one genius. that was like, God, I'd love to see her in this. And I'm like, oh, he's yes, you found it. You found you the it. role. <laughs> and Rosie in Bye Bye I Bird. know. I think she'd be great. I, I hope they pick that back up. I hope so, too. I hope so, too. Well, that's going to lead to my uh, gag of the week. So, uh, uh, But um, this is perfect and this is exactly what i wanted and everything so you nailed it you nailed it this you're the perfect person to talk about this so let's go ahead and add the year 2019 in the career of jennifer lopez into our book of god Let's get loud. Let's get loud. <laughs> Waiting for tonight. Oh. The pose oh, on the pole. Oh my god! Just those <laughs> green lasers, like and ever. Oh my god! I can't. I can't. Oh, well, let's wrap up with our gags of the week. Patrick, what is your gag of the week? What have you been loving recently? What have I been loving recently? I feel like I thought of six while we were recording, and now I've forgotten 
all of them. <laughs> I like you have been watching Hacks, mm. and it's truly wonderful. So uh, Gene Smart is deserving of a celebration like that. Yes. Um, I'm late to the game. Queen's Gambit. Oh, uh, yes. We are mm-hmm. consuming right now. Anya Taylor Joy is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful in that. Um, what else? Am I loving? What am I gagging on this week? This this is random. You know what I saw this no, week? No, please. Clute. Okay. With Jane Fonda. Remember how we were talking, which ties it back to hookers with a heart of gold and strippers with a heart mm. of gold, and you win an Academy Award for mm-hmm. it. I remember thinking, like, understanding that, like, Jane Fonda had taken a dangerous prestige hooker with not really a heart of gold. She's wonderful in that movie. She's so good in that movie. She's very good in that movie. She definitely captures something similar to what Jennifer Lopez captures in Hustlers mm-hmm. in that she is in control of her own story. And yeah, she's cool. Jane Fonda, go Clute. I don't know if people have told you that you're good in it or if you have any trophies for it, but you did good. <laughs> Somewhere she's listening and she's like, oh, thank God. You Thanks. know what? I worked so or hard. Or how about the career of Jane Listen, Fonda? Listen, the career of Jane Fonda. I yeah. mean, for the fact that I was raised, you can see it behind me, but nine to five. I mean, I was nine to five. raised on that. Like, yeah. she was such an icon for me as a child. I just, ugh. Like, yeah, let's lean her. into this. Let's just lean into the gag of the week being the <laughs> career of Jane Fonda from... Barefoot in the Park, to Barbarella, to Clute, Coming Home, 9 to 5, I'm going to stop for 15 years, Monster in Law, yeah. Grace and Frankie, and to being a full-fledged movie star of the last 15 also, years. Grace and Frankie's so good. She's so good at it. She's so good. <laughs> I Like, uh, may we all be so lucky to take... 15 years off of a prolific career and pick up right where we left off and then capitalize. And then she gets arrested every day for protesting and it does not matter. Like, she just she is She gives like, colloquiums now on disruptive activism. Yeah. And, um, and uh, also one of the... Like, gives resources on what to do mm-hmm. when the kind of activism you're doing is not within the law. And also um, that the Golden Globes speech, one of the highlights of the Golden Globes, her speech this year, incredible. Like, yeah, yeah. it was. Jane, Jane's a guy. Jane, 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 Jane is a guy. Jane's always I, a guy. I, I was like LOLing when I first mentioned Clute because I was like, wow, <laughs> the listeners are really going to love this, this, what I this love. bright and cheery, fun <laughs> moment in gay queer culture, Clute. And now I'm like, no, Jane Fonda is a moment. And and relevant to our conversation. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I so I have two. And okay. one of them was inspired halfway through the conversation. But first, I want to shout out and I I literally this just happened in the living room with roommate of the podcast Nick Shota, who we just love. We watched there is a show on BET right now called The Encore. Now the Encore <laughs> is women from girl groups from the 90s and early 2000s (gasps) all live in a house together to create one mega R&B group. And so there are members of... There's uh, Shamari, 
uh, from... This is real? This is real. It's not scripted? This is not (gasps) scripted. This is reality TV, honey. And it is so good. There's (gasps) two girls, uh, twins from a a group called Cherish. There is um, Uh the icon, and by icon, I mean complete hot mess. Miss Aubrey (laughs) O'Day is in it from Danity King. Yes. (laughs) There is wow. a member of the group Shamari, I think is her name, and she's from the group Black. Um, and mm-hmm. then uh Black is oh baby, bring it all to bring me. It on, bring it on, <laughs> bring it on. And yep. they were also all in um they were all in Bring It On. Bring it yes. on. Yes. Mm-hmm. La Fred. <laughs> like, <gasps> that's that's black. That's that group. What, what, oh my god, what's her line? She has such an iconic line. Oh like hold me back before I beat these Barbie bitches. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it's wrong, but it, but it's something like these, like these Bel Air Barbies something. or something. Oh, oh, it's so good! It's so good! It's so good! But it's and then the the cherry on top for me is the the young lady. Um, I can never remember her last name. I think it's Williams, but it's Keely Williams. She okay. was from the group Three LW. <gasps> and I'm getting a There was a TikTok trend of men drawing a gap in their t- <laughs> and just oh. doing that line. Oh. It was incredible. I but, hope in honor. Yes, in oh, honor of, course. of 3LW. And she also, I loved 3LW. Oh, they were so good. And she was also in The Cheetah Girls, the DCOM uh, original movie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was watching last night on Amazon Prime. She's in The House Bunny. The movie The House Bunny. With, You're kidding no, me. No, seriously. Also, everyone is in The House Everybody Bunny. Everybody is in it. It's Catherine McPhee, Emma Stone, yeah. an unknown Emma Stone. Beverly D'Angelo. I forgot Beverly D'Angelo is in that. (laughs) It is (gasps) wild. But so what's crazy about her, though, is she comes in and like uh, all these girls, all these women think that they're going to work together to create this group. And Keely's like, actually, I'm here to be the creative director of whatever this group (gasps) is. And they're all just like, what? (laughs) And she's like, yeah, I don't really perform anymore. I kind of just, I, I like produce women or like young ladies in like music careers and stuff. And so like, I want to get rid of the stereotype that like female groups can't work together because we all get mad at each other or jealous, whatever. And so it, I'm salivating. At it this. is so good. And she says that. And I immediately looked at Nick and I was like, is, did the producers, tell her like that she's going to do that or did she just walk into this house and without <sighs> any like did she just go this is what i'm doing <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god it is, it's so good what network is B-E-T. it on like street bet yeah. okay B-E-T. and it's called encores the encore is what it's called hey siri remind me in three hours Encores. Uh, oh, it actually it actually launched Siri, and now oh I God. don't even know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but my last, the one thing I wanted to shout up that was brought up during the conversation. Um, yeah. Did y'all see the casting announcement for Annie on NBC? Who is Miss yes. Hannigan? Taraji P. Henson. What? 
inspired casting. Like, what um, inspired casting? My fiancé walked into the kitchen <laughs> last night, holding his phone, to report the news that he had just found. And was like, and now I'm suddenly interested in seeing Annie live. I want to like, see it now! <laughs> they got me. The people who are not interested in seeing Annie live or think they're too good for that are now not too good for nope, that. Because... Maybe Annie live is too good for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because truly... For the first time with those kind of shows, I was like, oh my God, what a wild casting idea that I would have never thought. But now that I see it, I'm like, that is it. That was the right I'm choice. Like, I'm like doing like Taraji P. Henson <laughs> glares in the camera right now because uh, I, I'm just like, wow, that, that all falls right into place. Yeah. She is... An inspired choice for Miss Hannigan. An inspired choice. And if anybody saw her recently on the show Legendary on HBO Max, <sighs> she has just, I mean, she's in this stage of her career where she's like yeah. the the aunt who has everything to say and she's going to yell it out at you. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so it's like it leads perfectly to Miss Hannigan. <laughs> She strikes me as the aunt that would throw her shoe when I did something <laughs> correct. Both good and bad. Like, you yeah. would get a shoe. Or incorrect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd get a shoe. Which I appreciate. I appreciate. Yeah. Oh. Man, when she was on Legendary and that boy started crying and she was like, Hey! Stop it! <laughs> yeah. It's like, chin up! Turn around! <laughs> like, I was like, oh my god, I love you so much. But yeah. I just, when I saw that, I was like, they did it. They did it. They did they it. Got it right. <laughs> they got it right. They did it. That's the only person they've announced, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm sold. It could be. I, I could care less now about the Warbucks. I'm like, whoever. Whatever. Yeah. I, I just, like, tr- as um, mentioned in one of my first episodes, listen, Annie's all about Hannigan. Like, all you need is a Hannigan and uh, Rooster. Sure. And what's her name? What's the character's Lily name? Lily St. Regis. Chris- mm-hmm. <laughs> like the hotel. It's Bernadette Peters, Kristen Chenoweth. That, yeah, that could, you know what? That could be Ariana Grande. That's fine. <laughs> I feel like Ariana Grande would be great. If she wakes up in time, I don't know. That was, I, yeah. think she's, I think she's still asleep from hairspray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I just... Oh, Ariana Grande's already done one yeah, of her lives, though. She She's Penny. been in... Uh, yeah. She was Penny. She was not a bad Penny. No, she was a great like, Penny. Like, vocally, like, great, of course. But yeah, like, of course. Also, that dialect. But there were just a couple of times where I was like... Or not that dialect. Her her uh, her diction. Her diction yeah. is just terrible. Yeah. And also, there were a few times where I was like, somebody, somebody tap her. I think she fell yeah. asleep. Like, get her... While she's belting inhuman, wonderful Uh, So good. Um, I I wonder who the Grace is going to be. I'm very curious of that, uh, too. Grace. Because it's... When that first aired, I didn't know who Audra McDonald Mm -hmm. was. And then it, like, became available on Prime. And I'm like, it's Audra. Oh, it's Audra. It's Audra. Also... And then now it's... um, who was the original movie? Uh, 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 oh, um, Anne Ranking. Anne Ranking. Yeah. Yeah. Who I didn't know until uh, um, my um, dancer fiance, who's like, <laughs> we need to teach you about Anne Ranking. You need to know about Anne Ranking. You need to know. <laughs> yeah. 
And now I do, and it's wonderful. Oh, yeah. It could be. I, I'm so excited. I don't know. I'm just... Now that Tarashi's in it, I'm just like... Ah, uh, it's going to be so I'm great. I'm in. I'm so in, and I'm so ready. So that's... Me those too. are my gags of the week. <laughs> yes. Patrick, this was perfect in every single way. <laughs> Tommy, you're perfect in every you single are. way. You are. I just... I adore you so much, and I'm so happy that <sighs> you came on here to talk about your true passion, your true love. Are I'm you kidding? Like I've been this. waiting, as I said, 20 years for somebody to say, here is two hours... <laughs> To talk about Jennifer Lopez's filmography. Please. Are you interested? Yes, I am. I was made, I was born for this. This is what I was meant to do. Yeah. (laughs) And as a thank you, I got you a first edition of The Iliad. And I'm really, (gasps) I know how much you. Thank you. Is this a first edition? (laughs) My God, this must have cost you a fortune. It's scrolls. They're just like. Oh my god. This was perfect. I adore you so much. Thank you. I adore you. And to to everyone else, hey, keep on gagging. (laughs) An Absolute Gag is produced and edited by me. Cover art provided by Grace Greenwood. You can follow her on Instagram at 1310studios or go to their website at www.1310studios, all spelled out, dot com. You can also follow us on Instagram at an absolute gag. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on all podcatcher apps. Thanks for listening and pump it, queens. <laughs>